Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Welcome to another edition of Light Behind Bars. I'm Noah Rothbaum, the Daily Beast half-full editor. Joining me as always is my colleague and co-host, David Weinrich. How are you, Dave? Uh, tolerable good yourself <laughs> i the, the same I'm being folksy I, today yes i like it i like it i am filled with like a, a little bit of optimism which is nice to have i think uh rare have rare in the, in the last year or so and um one of the things that's been very hard you know during the pandemic is is creativity and uh inspiration you know and uh take a certain amount of energy and, and mental fortitude to, to sort of block out all of uh, the horrible things that have been happening and uh, try to be creative. More successful on some days and less successful on other days. <laughs> Boy, you, you, you said a mouthful. I mean, there's some days uh, where I think I said that this earlier during the uh, pandemic, it's, it's, it feels like my head is full of molasses and bees. You know? <laughs> yes, yes, that's a good way of putting it. Yeah. There were a lot of days like that, but every once in a while you get a moment of clarity, so that's good. Hopefully, as, as more of the country gets vaccinated and, and there's a light at the end of this dark, dark tunnel, finally, um, you know, we're starting to think a little bit more about inspiration and creativity and, and, and coming up with, you know, new drinks. I think, you know, we've all been at home drinking a lot of the same things for the last year that I like to make. And now I kind of want to make other things. Yeah. You're ready for something new. I've had my fill of, of comfort food and uh, comfort drink. For years, I've had a, uh, a, a habit uh, when I'm home, when I finish writing for the day, usually, you know, in the six o'clock, seven o'clock range, I would go downstairs from my office to and uh, and fix my wife, Karen, and me a drink. And uh, I used to, uh, when I started doing this, I would uh, make a classic. It would always be a different classic that I was trying out. And then I kind of tried out most of the classics I was interested in. And it, I, I learned it's much easier to just invent something. And uh, usually it turns out pretty good. Every once in a while, we have to pour something down the sink. But, you know, <laughs> Uh, that happens, but yeah. uh, that used to be like maybe 150, 100 nights out of the year because we'd go out a couple nights a week and I was traveling about a third of the year. So <laughs> this last year, I've invented more cocktails, I got to tell you, <laughs> Noah, uh, than I could ever possibly imagine. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's, it's an interesting process. You definitely learn things. I think the most important lesson to learn, and I get asked this question a lot, is it okay to, uh, you know, substitute this for this? Or what happens when I, uh, if I don't have uh, yellow chartreuse, what can I use? And I kind of blink my eyes a little bit when I get asked that, because that's just a big fat in in invitation to creativity, isn't it? Absolutely. There's only one way to find out what happens. 
and that's to try it. I think we've seen a lot of, you know, over the years, I mean, that's sort of the history of cocktails, right? I mean, people yeah. are drinking, for lack of a better term, in like an old-fashioned, you know, in Jerry Thomas's book, it's what's the, the improved whiskey cocktail, right? Which is whiskey yeah. and sugar and bitters and, you know, ice and a little absinthe. But somebody says, uh, hey, uh, I got this new thing called sweet vermouth. What do we do if we like pour in a little sweet vermouth? And it's like, oh, that's not bad. It's maybe a little sweet. Let's Let's make it again, but no sugar. Okay, cool. Hmm, this is tasty. How about and suddenly we, you got someone right? Have or, or how about if we do half sweet vermouth, half dry vermouth? You know, I mean, and basically that's Manhattan, right? I mean, that's or that's the mar- martini, you know, with gin. I mean, it's it's all about experimentation. That's it. I mean, it's so funny though. I found a uh, an article from I believe it's a I think it's a Nashville newspaper from like 1868. You know, the the Manhattan goes on record in 1882. Uh, so back in 1868, this guy's at a, his saloon in, in Nashville, and and uh, he gets hold of a bottle of this new vermouth stuff from Italy. So he advertises cocktails made with the new bitters vermouth. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you see, you could see the wheels turning right there. He's like, right. I don't know what to do with this stuff. Yeah, to put some dashes in there and put it in the newspaper. Exactly. Hopefully, people will like it. So he tried it. He didn't know what to do with it. So he didn't ask anybody. He just tried it. You know. <laughs> I mean, that's the beauty of it. He created a classic. I mean, yeah. it's, but I think that's, you know, yeah. we, we see that with a lot of drinks where, you know, if you really, you know, I remember talking to Dale DeGroff, you know, obviously who was on a, a couple of episodes ago of Life Behind Bars as the father of the rebirth of the cocktail. And, you know, he was laughing about these books that say, you know, 10,000 cocktails, every bartender needs to know. And he was laughing. I remember him saying, yeah, there are probably about 150 recipes that like you need to know. And all of those drinks, those 10,000 drinks probably all fit into a few unique family that, and they're just variations on those. Like there, there aren't, yeah. there aren't 10,000. And there's nothing wrong with that. I, I mean, it's for home bartenders, especially sometimes it's very intimidating to think, oh, like, how do I, you know, I've got all these disparate ingredients, like, what do I do with them? And it's like, well, you know, what you're saying, it's like, just sub in one ingredient. I mean, people are deathly afraid of doing something wrong. And you got to get beyond that, that fear, you know? Yeah. It's only cocktails. I mean, <laughs> you know, you're, you're, it's not like uh, you're going, wait, which nerve do I cut? <laughs> <laughs> do I cut the red wire or the blue wire? Like, oh my God, we've got three seconds left. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. It's uh, which uh, which kidney was I supposed to take out again? <laughs> it's not like that, you no, know. Thankfully, it's just a cocktail. I don't know if I could do it if, if it was like that. You know, there are some rules of thumb that you learn, but they're going to be a little bit different for every person. Right. I mean, I myself cannot stand the mixture of dry vermouth and whiskey. I just think it's nasty. Yeah. And that's, you know, I'm not alone in that, but by no means the only legitimate opinion. Uh, other people uh, really, really like a perfect Manhattan, for instance, with a right. mixture of dry and sweet vermouth or a dry Manhattan, a dry Rob Roy. I mean, I, I they, those things just give me the willies, but uh, that's just me. I've been making them for years for you, Dave, and you're too polite to tell me not to make them for you. No, just kidding. <laughs> well, you know... <laughs> Once it's my third drink, I, all bets are off. I'll drink it. Uh, 
No, but you're right, though. I mean, I think that's with food. I think, you know, people are way more yeah. often, you know, you know, free to experiment. You don't have um, one type of oil. You use a different type of oil. You don't have, you know, a certain type right. of, you know, one type of vegetable you try with a different type of vegetable. I mean, it's like that's but somehow it with food, it people feel, I think, a little bit more ownership and a little bit more freedom because they're more experienced. But yeah. it's the same thing. I mean, it's- I, I think I think you're right about that. But also with cocktails, there's that dimension of which we've been sold just so often that every cocktail is a little chance to show off who you are. You know, it's it's to show what kind of person you are. I'm the kind of person who drinks this. Right. And you really don't want right. to screw that up it's a, if it's a question of identity. You know, it's <laughs> like, what if I make this cocktail and it says that I'm a horrible person to other people? And, you know, the, it, it takes a while to get beyond that right. and to just kind of relax and say, you know, I'm the kind of person is willing to try this drink and see if it works. There's also this kind of myth that like recipes are, are sacrosanct, you know, that they can never be changed yeah, yeah, and exactly. that they're chiseled in in stone and whether or not you like it that's how it has to be made and and i remember frustratingly a very frustrating conversation once with gary reekin our our beloved friend and and half full contributor and, and i remember trying to get him he was taking me to task i'd either written a story or i was trying to get him to write a story and, and we were talking about like measuring everything right and he was not a yeah. fan and yeah. it shocked me he was like look noah like not every lime and lemon are you going to get the same amount of juice or the same amount of juice that's the same amount of flavor out of a lime or a lemon, right. right? So you could get a half an ounce out of one lemon and an ounce out of another, and it's basically the same amount of flavor. Like it's very hard to measure that. So if you're telling somebody only use a half an ounce of lime juice every time, the drink is never going to taste the same because every lime there, you know, there's no real yeah, consistency yeah. there. So he was like, you got to taste it. And if you need a little bit more lime juice, add more lime juice. Like that's the easiest thing you, but you can't, these are all just like suggestions, especially when you're dealing with fruit, it's always going to vary. Right. And, and even yeah. and Gary's friend, Norman uh, Buckholzer, um, who was the, the legendary bartender at the Ritz Carlton on Central Park South for decades was even more frustrating for drinks writers. Right. Because he's famously, would make his Manhattan. And if you asked Norman for a recipe, he wouldn't be very forthcoming to give one because his whole thing was that no. every whiskey, you would have to use a different ratio depending upon the vermouth that you were, that you also were going to use. Right. <laughs> so that like, how, how could he yeah, we, just tell everybody in America to use X amount of bourbon and X amount of sweet vermouth when all the whiskeys taste different and all the vermouths taste different. And it's like, I mean, it makes a lot of sense, but when you're writing an article, it's really frustrating. You're like, yeah. Norman, just give me a damn recipe, please. Like, I need a recipe out of you here. So I remember Gary went to the profile of Norman and he wrote a recipe. It was like, you know, it, it included all of Norman's caveats, which was pretty hilarious, um, you know. About, yeah, that's funny. That's but he funny. was right, though. I mean, I mean, you know, bartenders have been doing that kind of thing forever. And, you know, because, right, I remember uh, there, there's, uh, there's this article I came across once from like 1914 about all the all the top bartenders in lower Manhattan and they talked to this guy Frank Haas who was an older man and a legendary bartender he was the guy who probably invented the Jack Rose wow. invented the Daisy 
which was like, you know, uh, goes back to Jerry Thomas days. And uh, they're asking him how he makes uh, one drink or another. I can't remember which one. And he says, well, you put in one part raspberry syrup, one part gin, half a part lime juice, and then a little something special. And the guy goes, <laughs> what do you mean something special? Well, you know, I put in a little old Frank. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Just, uh, Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. <laughs> Just a little, you know, of him making drinks, I guess. But, you know, every good bartender puts in a little old Frank. Right. You know, I mean, uh, that's fair enough. Dale DeGroff always puts in a little Dale in his drinks. Yeah, and, that's and, you true. know, that's what makes them magical. I can tell you how to make the drink, but I can't, you're never going to make it. You know? well, I mean, there, there are certain cooking recipes that like, you know, I, I, I make that, you know, because I made that with my, my mother and, and, and I think my version is very good, but for whatever reason, we use the same ingredients. It never tastes yeah. as good as hers. I mean, there are just certain recipes and even my, my sons always point out that her version is still better. And it's like, I don't know why. Like, it's just how it right. is. It's just, we, you know, it's, there's a lot of complicated stuff going on in cooking, even right. recipes. You know? Right. And everybody's got their little signature. I mean, that's how Italian food works. Italian food has very few ingredients, you know, I mean, right. the, the basic ingredients all up and down the peninsula. But uh, once you get, see people making the, in the same dish, they've even got not that many recipes, you know, well, like uh, every, every restaurant in, in Rome. Dish it's like the same menu over yeah. and over again. I mean, it's just amazing. Yeah. And none of the food tastes the same. <laughs> it's no, amazing. All, it's, it's all in the same ballpark. Right. But it's all just a little bit different. I mean, I was in Sicily a few years ago and uh, one of my favorite things is a granita di caffè con panna, which is like frozen uh, espresso, sweetened espresso ice mm. with, with whipped cream. Right. And mm. it's just incredibly indulgent, but the, that's what they have at breakfast in Sicily. And, uh, you know, <laughs> sounds good to me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And sometimes with ice cream on the side and a brioche. Uh, I'm just <laughs> saying, you know, we're a little more advanced in terms of civilization than yes. we are because they can just have, they go just straight to the good stuff. But anyway, and every place I had a granita di cafe con panna, it was different. Some people floated the cream on top, some people s- stirred it in lightly. Some people like put the put the cream on the bottom, you know. Right. Some people the, uh, the the coffee ice was very fine. Some people it was in flakes, you know. And it just you just kind of shake your head after a while. It's like these people either can't get it right or everybody knows how to do this, right? You know. I think that's the way to do it yeah. for cocktails. I mean, it's like relax. Exactly. There there are certain schools, right? I think the easiest way to think about it is our colleague Wayne Curtis once wrote a story for Half Full a few years ago about how how do bartenders memorize so many recipes, right? And it was interesting yeah. because, you know, talking to people like Audrey Saunders, you know, who who famously 
um, ran, you know, owned and ran Pegu Club in New York and all these other, you know, famous bartenders. And they all had, you know, Joaquin Simo, our friend at Pouring Ribbons, you know, all different, you know, ideas how they were able to originally memorize mm-hmm. recipes. And obviously, you know, involved flashcards and different stuff. But but a lot of it comes down is that, you know, there's just a few families, right? There's, you know, the Negroni yeah. family, right? Which is just one part gin, one part sweet vermouth, one part Campari. Obviously, you don't want it as bitter, dial down the Campari. You want it, you know, stronger, dial up the, the gin. You know what I mean? So it's, you know, you yeah. want to add sparkling wine, go for it. You know what I mean? So it's like, or that yeah. thing you were talking about the or, daisy. Or, you know, you could... You could even get like a little more elaborate. You could say you want it the same strength, but maybe a little less ginny. So split the gin with vodka. You know? Right, exactly. Then it's less ginny and it's the same strength. Yeah, there's all kinds of stuff like that that you could do that, that's all common sense. There's nothing very mysterious about it, you know? Well, that's, I mean, you you look at something like, you know, uh, Dark and Stormy, right? Which is delicious drink, rum fresh lime juice, ginger beer, right? You you add vodka, yeah. it's a Moscow mule. You add whiskey, it's a Kentucky buck. I mean, you basically, you put yeah, gin you, in you there. Yeah, you add scotch I mean, and it's a Mamie Taylor. You right, know? I, it's that suddenly, <laughs> if you know that, then you can make all of these drinks, right? And I remember once at yeah. a friend's house, I was like throwing stuff together and I was like, they're like, oh, this is amazing. What is this? And I was describing, I'm like... <laughs> I've recreated yeah. like a classic, but I just switched like what are the, you know, like I felt very proud for a second. And then I was like, oh my God, I'm an idiot. Like this is just basically a version of like a Tom Collins or something. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. That's, uh, oh yeah, yeah. That's how they do it. That's a great way to start, to start with drinks that you know and love and then play yeah. the game of what do I have here? What looks good, you know, in, in the, you know, for my, at the farmer's market today. And how did I, you know, tweak my normal favorites to include blood orange or pomelo or yuzu or, you know, even just beautiful apples or lemons, whatever it is, grapefruits. And then think about it. I mean, my favorite drinks, uh, when I when I go make my evening cocktail, it's usually something in the martini or Manhattan family because that's a perfect pre-dinner aperitif, which is the whole point. So if I don't want to use vermouth, I'll use Lillet or I'll use, uh, you know, some aperitif that's low alcohol, wine-based usually. And then I'll use gin. But if I don't want to use gin, you know, I'll use whiskey or rum or whatever. Dash some bitters in there. Maybe just to wake things up, put in a spoonful of uh, like a bar spoonful of some liqueur that's not too weird and not too uh, overpowering and you stir it up and you know, it's going to taste good before you even make it because it's a, uh, it's a simple drink. Then again, there's the other side of the story. I, I wrote about this for, for half full a couple years ago is some of the best drinks don't really fit the patterns at all <laughs> because they were based on different patterns that we don't know, you know, they were invented elsewhere. Right. And just have to kind of accept that they're going to be their own thing. So if you're playing around with stuff and it doesn't fit a pattern, don't worry about it as long as it tastes good. You also wrote a story a few years ago. um, And I think it was, I think it was called something like one is a martini, not a martini or something. Right. Where, where, where I, I have you, people should feel free 
and liberated to mix whatever they want together right but like if you go too far astray <laughs> and by that i mean add like like even one funky ingredient call it something else don't call yeah. it like your you know your house martini or your signature moscow mule just call it you know, whatever, Dave's mule. It's fine to call it what you want as long as you're the person who's drinking it. Right. But if you're going to offer it to people and say, this is my martini, it better be a martini. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. There's, I just, right. I think like classically the way to do it is to like name your creation and say, yeah, it came, it's my riff, my version of this classic you know what i mean and but but don't you know i, I love when i sit down like oh would you uh i'll take a you know i'll take a, a gimlet oh uh would you like our version of the gimlet like what do you I mean? usually don't like what do you yeah. mean like uh, I, 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 I ordered a classic gimlet like isn't that just a classic gimlet like oh no no no, no. we use a rosemary syrup and uh, blah blah it's like oh. Like, no, I just want to get, I just would like a give up. It's like, it never works out. But. I always remember when I'm, when I'm on the, on the rare occasions that I'm like bartending and uh, I don't know the people, you know, and these people come in and they ask for a drink and it might be a drink that I think is kind of dumb. And I, I might be tempted to like improve it for them. But then I, you know, I look at the person and say, for all I know, this person is a pediatric emergency emergency room nurse, you know, and right. they just had an absolutely horrifying day and they just want something nice that they know. Right. Let me make them their drink. And then, you know, if they want another one and we're, and they're hanging at the bar, I could talk to them a little, get to know them a little, see what they want. But first, let me just get them. Let, let me not put myself in front of them. You know, let me put the guest first here. We're all different. We all have different things that we like and dislike and, you know, things that I think are, you know, the height of deliciousness and, and cocktail mm -hmm. making you might hate. Like, I mean, and that's fine. I mean, that's what's wonderful about this, because if we all like the same things, we just make the same four cocktails and I'd be back basically for the last year of like the same four or five cocktails that I make all the time, because those are the ones I really like. But Everybody likes different things. So, you know, that A drives creativity and invention, but also, you yeah. know, look, you're going to get stuff that, that you don't like, stuff that you do like. Um, and, you know, I, I get, again, like there's no judgments. It's all fun. It should be fun. It's not about judging other people. It's about enjoying a drink with somebody. It sounds so stupid, but after, after a year of not <laughs> being able to go to bars and drink with other people, <laughs> it seems so horrible to drink with people and like get angry about what they want to drink. I don't care what you want to drink at this point. I just want to go to a bar with other people. <laughs> you want to go for it. Right. Pickle yeah. juice I straight. Drink. Fine. I don't care. <laughs> like you want yeah, I don't care. I mean, I've spent the cold. last year. Uh, I love scotch cocktails, God help me. And my wife Karen absolutely hates them. Wow, right in front of me is there is that lesson every day. You know, it's like I've got this really nice bottle of blended scotch that would just make a really 
good cocktail, but I can't use that tonight. You're like, <laughs> after a year of trying very hard, I realized it's very hard to convince somebody that they like scotch cocktails if they don't really like scotch cocktails. If they don't really like scotch cocktails. <laughs> like it is what I it is. I can't say you're going to love this because I know that she absolutely will not. This one's different. No, it's not. It's exactly the same. <laughs> it's based on scotch. <laughs> you might not like a drink that has scotch as a base, but is is crazy as a sound. If bourbon was the base, you might love it. Or you know, yeah, exactly. You know, you don't. You know, you don't like. I remember, you know, uh, Dale DeGroff used to make a version of the Caipirinha with vodka, right? When when it was harder to get cachaça, like you know, fifteen years ago, right. it wasn't everywhere. And that's a pretty good drink. Like I remember being like, "This is a good. Yeah, this is okay." Like yeah, in the summer, like that's not a bad drink. With cachaça, it's obviously a lot different of a drink and a lot there's a lot more flavor in it but the one with vodka i'm like this is not a bad drink like scotch cocktails i i had to teach myself uh because i used to uh i used to be a jazz critic at, and uh i used to go every monday night to see live jazz at this uh, place cajun on uh 8th avenue here in new york that had a uh Vince Giordano and the Nighthawks, an 11-piece 1920s-style oh, yeah. uh, hot jazz band where everybody read music, you know, and it's it's one of the greatest things you can ever see. And I'd go every Monday and hang out with the regulars. And unfortunately, the bartender there was a great bartender, but he had ideas on how to make Manhattans. Oh, no. uh, you know, he was at uh, 1990s school right. where uh, vermouth is toxic waste and you only put a drop in. And his uh, Manhattans, I just couldn't drink. But if I asked for a Rob Roy, he'd make it like a two to one Rob Roy because right. the man, you know, somehow the Rob Roy was different and that was palatable and, and delicious. So I taught myself to like Rob Roy's <laughs> and then they kind of got under my skin and it became my go to bar drink for a really long time. And I just, you know, Too go funny. to a new bar and I'd say, you make Rob a Rob Roy. Roy right. Because I knew they wouldn't like put cherry syrup in it or any of that yuck. Too much Ornett Coleman free jazz where you just wanted straight up. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I just wanted, you know, just some swing, please. <laughs> you know? But I think as we come out of this, that, you know, we're not alone. There, there will be, you know, uh, I think a lot of people will be looking for, for new things to, to drink and new flavors. And, you know, I start with what you like and, and feel free to like, Start subbing in and, and making, you know, new combinations, making new recipes. I mean, one thing I recommend is write it all down. Yes. You know? Yeah. So so that you know what you did. Yeah. Just keep a little notebook. I've got a, I've got like three notebooks full of uh, mostly unsuccessful cocktails. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you, you come up with something uh, delicious, let us know on, on Twitter. Dave and I yeah. would uh, love to try it. Absolutely. And, you know, we'll see you at the bar. You'll be the one trying something new. <laughs> <laughs> we all will. Cheers. Cheers. Dave and I encourage you to drink responsibly always. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well... HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. 
Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.